good afternoon, good evening, whenever or wherever in the world you're tuning in from. My name is David Nash, and together we're celebrating 10 years of UNFD, a cornerstone of Australia's heavy music scene by diving deep into the stories behind just some of the records that made the label what it is today. In case you haven't already gotten amongst it, throughout 2021, the legends at UNFD have been re-releasing some of the classic records from their back catalogue on limited edition collector's vinyl. So far, we've gotten our hands on two game-changing albums from In Heart's Wake, an epic punk rock opera from Hellions, the Dream on Dreamer record that launched UNFD all the way back in 2011, and a record that marked a turning point in the current wave of Australian metal, courtesy of Thornhill. The series continues this month with a very timely throwback to 2015, when the world was in dire need of some music that not only sounded great and got mosh pits raging like seagulls over a spilt box of chips, but also a fierce, unapologetic message. We needed a band that not only demanded a positive change in Western society, but was willing to go above and beyond to actually enable that change. That band, as you might have guessed from the title of this episode, came to us in the form of stray from the path now these guys have been pumping out tunes since 2001 they were certainly no strangers to the world of heavy music nor were they strangers to the world of using art as a political tool but it was their seventh album subliminal criminals that really took them to the next level it was the very start of 2015 and stray from the path had reached a pivotal moment in their evolution After a mighty rain in the underground punk scenes of New York and the states surrounding it, they cracked the national scene in America with their fourth album, Villains. It was their first album to feature current vocalist Andrew DiGiorio, a.k.a. Drew York, and it was their first album on Sumerian Records. That was in 2008. Fast forward five years and two more records, and straight from the path, we're becoming an international monolith. It was only a few months before they dropped album number six, Anonymous, that the band made it down under for the first time, joining Northlane on the tour for their landmark second album, Singularity. That was 2013, and on that fateful tour, where they played a whopping 12 shows between five cities, most of which sold out, they met the team over at UNFD. The relationship was a no-brainer. Australians got behind Stray From The Path without blinking an eye. Their message hit us hard, and we were dying to hear and see more of them. And UNFD, being the biggest independent heavy music label in the country, could make that happen. So when the band made it back to America, they pretty much begged Sumerians to let them put their next record out in Australia through UNFD. And after some tedious back and forth and the occasional... PowerPoint presentation filled with snaps of crowds going ham to badge and a bullet. They were convinced. So then came 2014. They returned to Australia, this time supporting the Amity Affliction on their tour for Let the Ocean Take Me and the realisation that American politics weren't getting better anytime soon. To say the very least, shit was going down over in the States. The far right was spiralling out of control. Shootings were rampant. A new case of police brutality was being unearthed every other day, and things that should have been squashed out centuries ago, racism, sexism, homophobia, that was all still part and parcel with American life. Stray from the Path had always called that stuff out, and they've always encouraged their fans to do the same. The difference now, of course, 
was that they had a broad international platform to call it all out from. They could make a genuine change with their music and they were going to. Subliminal Criminals was written about what the blokes were seeing every day in American life. To quote guitarist Tom Williams, it's about nature, our food and water supply, slavery by debt, glorification of war, the business of the medical industry, government spying on their own citizens, sexual predators in the music scene, the current state of law enforcement, and the ending of a long-term relationship. So yeah, it's no stretch to say that they had a fair bit to talk about. Even the cover art made a statement showing a dead bird lying on a beach surrounded by trash, an uncomfortable reality in a world that values consumerism over the environment. They made the album with heavy music legend Will Yip recording in Belleville, New Jersey, and, well, it wasn't the easiest album to make. Believe it or not, Tom didn't go outside once during the entirety of the main recording session, and by the end of it, that cabin fever had well and truly started to kick in. But all their hard work paid off in the end, and Subliminal Criminals ended up being their most successful album at that point. And... When it came out on August 25th, 2015, it earned a heap of well-deserved critical acclaim, including one review from Blunt Magazine that said, quote, It puts forward a strong case for how powerful, hardcore-wearing political ideology on its sleeve can be. That political edge, however, did piss a lot of people off when the album came out some listeners thought such heavy real-life themes had no place in punk and hardcore and hey who are we to say they were wrong Hmm? after all politics and music have always been separate and bands like rage against the machine black flag the dead kennedys against me public enemy and wa well they were obviously just singing about breakups and parties right For every one hilariously misguided loudmouth on Twitter, there were a hundred of hardcore fans lining up around the block to get their hands on a copy of Subliminal Criminals, especially in Australia, where on their first headline tour in January of 2016, they were filling some of the most iconic venues in the country. They even became the first international band to play the Unify Gathering in 2016 when they tore it up with a show that even today, remains one of the best sets in the festival's history. In 2021, the messages that stray from the path explore on subliminal criminals hit even harder than they did when the album first came out. To dive a little deeper into them and learn more about how Stray from the Path brought them to life in the studio, let's go one-on-one with Tom himself. I'm with Tom Williams, the guitarist from Stray from the Path. Tom, thank you for being on UNFD, the official podcast. Thank you for having me, David. I'm uh, excited for this one to uh, tap into some of the the memories of Subliminal Criminals and touring Australia and all that. I think it's important we talk about the years prior to releasing the album, and we're going to go back to 2013. I'm talking about, in particular, the Australian tour, the Singularity Tour with Northlane. What are some of your fondest memories of that? Well, um, so we toured, we met Northlane for the first time on a, we did a co-headline tour with uh, counterparts in Canada and they just got like thrown on the tour for some reason. I, I've never heard of them at the time. It was some like, for some reason they ended up on the tour and because uh, maybe it was counterparts picked them because we just like picked the band and, and we picked a different and they picked Northlane. So anyway, we meet them and they're all, <laughs> these guys are like, uh, to this day, some of our close friends and um, 
they're just so decked out in Australian getup, like the flip flops and the crazy yeah. bathing suits, and just they looked so out of place in like such a fun way. And uh, and I could I could vividly remember meeting Josh for the first time. And anyway, we hit it off with them and became very good friends. And um, um, they were they were like, oh, we have this tour we're putting together. Like, you guys want to come? And I was like, we've never been before. So, of course, we do anyway. So um, and then like we honestly also didn't because they were playing Discoveries, which I think is the name of their record. They're playing the Discoveries record in Australia. Uh, I'm sorry, in Canada. And so like I didn't even hear any of the. Um, singularity stuff at this time so they do the record with will putney which is who is like our producer also he's like a member of our band at this point you know like he's he does all of our stuff so will is doing singularity he's like yo this record is really special so i was like that's cool so we're like yo you want to do this tour we're like yeah i love north lane those guys are the best like let's go over and hang out and i don't think we understood how big they were um and then we get there and then they're like, oh, yeah, the show sold out. We're adding a second show. I was like, all right, that's cool. Awesome. Oh, that second show sold out. We're adding a third. I'm like, oh, that's really cool. I've never done three in a row. It's like, oh, we're going to actually add a matinee show. So we're doing four shows in Sydney. I'm like, what the hell is happening here? Holy shit. What is a matinee yeah. show in the world of heavy metal? Uh, I mean, honestly, I think the show started at noon, which I don't play shows at noon, you know? So, um, <laughs> so it was literally like we played four shows in three days in Sydney because it was just so out of control and they were just blowing up. Um, and then, you know, Drew sang on Masquerade and like, so Drew would do Masquerade with them and it was just like the place would go nuts. So like, that was like us kind of getting our foot in the door with the Australian scene. Thanks. Thanks to North Lane. Cause they brought us there on such a talked about tour. It had like, we would drive around the cities and they're flying us to each show. We're like, that's crazy. Like we don't fly shows, you know? And then like, we're seeing billboards out there for, for shows. And we're like, this is nuts. And, um, and, and we honestly, I mean, I guess not, hopefully don't sound arrogant or anything, but we killed it. We did great. And it was like, wow, Australia, gives you shit about stray which is cool so um so yeah drew does masquerade we play these shows they're awesome and it was just like the start of you know a, a lot of like love we have for australia do you think it. the success of those shows would have ignited a fire within the band to bring out the best oh 100 yeah 100 like i mean even to this day like we're we are primarily american based I'm, our, our current drummer uh craig um is from england but you know we're we're primarily american based but international touring is what we're passionate about it's what we care about and honestly that's like the people that care about us because like you know we're a pretty politically conscious left left leaning band that um depending on where you play in america they like that or they don't you know like there'll, there'll be days where we go and headline a show in america to five six hundred kids and then and then the next day we go to a different market in a right-leaning state sure. and yeah. we're playing to 100 kids you know so it's like but overseas like where um people are pretty are as critical of our country as we are they relate to it more so our you know australia canada england europe you know those places like really start to take a liking astray. So yeah, like that was a big thing. This was like the start of us realizing um, that international touring is like a big part of our career moving forward. Had you ever heard of UNFD prior to this tour? Um, I can't really remember. I definitely was aware of it as like, that's the Australian label. Like they are the go-to, like that's who you need, you know? And I remember 
we were signed to Sumerian Records, and um, it was right before Subliminal Criminals, where we were just like begging them to renegotiate our deal to have Unified or UNFD um, be uh, like the people, the, our label in Australia, and it was kind of like pulling teeth. And then you know, it took a lot of like sitting down the owner of Sumerian and being like, listen, like name another one of your bands on your roster that tours internationally, like straight from the path does. And like, yeah, in America, you were probably like of your 30 bands were like your 19th biggest band, but like internationally where you're number one and yeah. we don't, that doesn't reflect in like the attention that we get. And they, they just, they cared more about America and that was our worst becoming our worst market. And, um, and is that because of your, um, politics. Your, yeah. your po- it's because of your, I guess, the message within, as you mentioned, the message within the lyrics in your songs don't necessarily get embraced in every section of America. Is that correct? correct. Yes. Yeah, absolutely correct. And, um, you know, we did good in America, but, uh, you know, I think even when they signed us, we were maybe a little bit ahead of, of the times. Like, yep. you know, we had a record called Make Your Own History that this day, like, people harass us to play. Like, oh, play stuff from Maker History. And I'm like, we did from 2009 (laughs) to 2013. That's all we played. And no one came to see us. So, no, you know, like now we moved on. We're putting out this like newer stuff. And that's when our band is starting to pick up traction. So we're playing that. You know what I mean? Like you had a window to come see us on this record and no one cared. This has Um, got to be a difficult time for you because it's not a great time to be trying to make a record while transitioning through management. That's got to be frightening. uh, Well, I mean, it was more so trends through labels i mean because sure. i manage i manage stray now and i technically have for the entirety of this band's career um maybe not so much officially like honestly it was around the subliminal criminals time is where i officially was like hey guys i want to be the manager of this band like it was never spoken about i never got paid for it it was just like you know it was just something like oh tom will handle it you know and uh so uh, around this time it was like i i picked it up and um you know, I, I made sure that Samaria knew that like it was passionate. Uh, it was something we were passionate about to be on an Australian label and we wanted to be on UNFD and like, and, uh, and they, they made it work. So, you know, props to them for making it work. And then that started the, uh, that started the whole relationship right there. Before we talk about the beginning or the, the, the initial stages of making the album, I'm going to hit you with this quote from Blunt Magazine in reference to subliminal criminals. It puts forward a strong case for how powerful hardcore wearing political ideology on its sleeve can be. I'll give you that one more time. It puts Mm. forward a strong case for how powerful hardcore wearing political ideology on its sleeve can be. Did you know prior to going into making this album that this is how it was going to be received or perceived? No, we kind of don't know. We never really go into it being like, oh, we're, this is the approach. You know, this is this is what we're going to do. Like, this is our new thing. Like, we just kind of did it. Um, and, you know, we do things that start to affect us. And you could see that in, into our, like, work. Like, you know, like uh, we put out Make Your Own History. And it's like a lot of it's about touring and being away from home and, you know, chasing your dreams and stuff like that. Cause that's what you believe. That's what you, that's what matters to you when you're 19, 20 years old, you know? And then we do rising sun, which is a lot more like personal stuff. And then we did anonymous, which is when we started to kind of become politically aware or interested or, you know, wor- worried or whatever you want to call it. Um, and, uh, you know, we did a song on anonymous called badge and a bullet. That was like the first song we put out that like start the, when anonymous came out, like we had, 
like the perfect like drop of it like i love the album artwork and like you know we were having like our friends bands post like a black square that said where is our liberty.com and no one knew what it was and we were having everyone post it and it was really cool that like our friends kind of did that for us uh and so we had like you know on a hundred people post that and everyone's like what is this like oh man like there's a countdown with like the album cover which is a bunch of people wearing like orange jumpsuits with like bags over their head like which was a protest uh against the guantanamo bay in front of the white house that was the cover so no one's it said nothing about strafe in the path it said nothing um it was just the countdown with that thing and the where's our liberty thing at that website and like everyone was talking about it and it was cool and then we put out badge and a bullet and it was like our first video that like did really well and single that did really well and that album sold really well and like people started to do it but like if you listen to badge and a bullet now we're talking eight years ago hmm. and it's very much like even like the tone of that song is about police brutality but it's more of a like hey this is messed up you know and like not really like you know, very intense, like as it should have been um, because we did, we weren't like, we were aware that like cops were like abusing their authority, but we weren't aware of like the amount of like people that die at the hands of cops, you know, but then you look at like subliminal criminals and we have badge and a bullet part two. Cause we yes. were like, man, it's so much different now. And I like, you know, now I'm Michael Brown and Eric Gardner and like Tamir Rice and like all these like people that are dying, uh, you know, people of color that are dying, you know, black people are dying at the hands of, of cops like and, and it was like I, I need to keep talking about this like we need to keep talking about this in like a way more brutal way you know more like 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 yep. blunt magazine put it we wear it on our sleeve like we weren't hiding it or, or like being nice about it or anything and um so like and then we did so we just did badge and the bullet part two and uh you know at the end of the video we were show we showed like we put the names of like you know michael brown and eric garner and tamir rice and walter scott and like you know, all these people, John Crawford, like we were putting all these people's names and like their photos at the end of it and just show like, this is real. Like, I get it. We're a fucking metalcore band, hardcore band. Like, you know, I get it. Like, like this is supposed to be fun, but this is real. And like cops are murdering people. And um, this is, and then that's when like people started being like, Oh, how could you say that about cops? Like, you know, it's pissed, started pissing yeah. people off, but it's like, whatever like you could keep running from from reality you know what i mean but like this is real and like maybe you don't maybe like maybe some of our fan base didn't know that you know so like we like wearing it on on our sleeve like subliminal was the first record where we were definitely just like you know our, our biggest song to date is just oh what we want to talk about you know white privilege all right how should we start this song every rich white kid's got something to say shut the fuck up which was kind of a <laughs> joke it was literally a joke when we started writing it and we were just like because we're like oh how could we say this and i was just and i literally will say a lot i was like let's just start the song with no lyrics with drew saying every rich white kid's got something to say and then me and neck go shut the fuck up and then kick into it and we did it and then everyone's like that's actually kind of sick and we yeah. just stuck with it you know so uh like you know we and we've stuck with that where we're we don't like there isn't a lot of poetry in our lyrics and that's maybe you know admittingly so uh like we're just blunt you know what i mean like yeah oh imaginable part two it may not be about race but it is about color may have most of us fool but not me motherfucker you know fuck them no justice like we're yeah. just saying it you know i mean we're not fucking around you know before we move on can we get the names of those four people again so anybody listening to this podcast can go and google and research what happened to those people before listening to this album again oh sh sure sure yeah i mean you know michael brown um these are just off the top of my head and, and I know they're at the end of the video. So if you really want to see 
uh, the end of the badge and a bullet part two music video. It has a bunch of people in there. But, you know, Tamir Rice was a 11 or 12 year old kid that had a toy gun in a park and the cop shot him within seconds of showing up. Uh, you know, uh, Michael Brown was killed by an officer in Ferguson, uh, Missouri, which is a bit that was a big thing for America. Uh, Eric Garner was choked out by a cop in the streets of New York for selling loose cigarettes where it's like, even if people say, Oh, he shouldn't have broke the law. It's like, yeah, but he didn't need to be choked until he died, you know? Yeah. So, and then we deal with that with George Floyd, like, you know, last yeah. year. So it's like, it doesn't, it's not stopping. So, uh, so yeah, those are just, a, um, um, you know, a couple of yeah. things. So you there again, the music video will put more out there, but those are just ones off the top of my head. What came first, the album title subliminal criminals or the lyric, the hook in the song outbreak? Uh, no, so uh, the the original title for the record was The New Gods, which is the first track. The title track from the, yeah, the first track, yeah. First track, yeah, it would have been the title track. Um, Why'd you change it? Uh, because I forgot who, but someone was just like, man, you, like, how, like, because Outbreak was the first single, and I remember we started showing everybody, and someone was just like, how are you not calling this record Subliminal Criminals? And I was like, I don't know, <laughs> like, I don't know, you know, and then um, we were just like, man, I, I guess that is cooler. And then everyone we asked, I was like, what's a cooler album title? Like the new gods or subliminal criminals are like not it's not even a, a, a debate. And then they're like, what is the record about? And we're like, oh, you know, police brutality, like white privilege, uh, you know, the military, like, well, they're like. So how are you not calling it subliminal criminals? I was like, fuck yeah, I guess it makes more sense too, you know. When you're uh, so close to it, sometimes you can't see it. Correct. Yeah, you know, it's just uh, it gets um, you know, you make plus like, I mean, making the record was weird. Like we did some weird stuff, so it was like, what did you do? Again, you're, you can't say oh, that man. and then not divulge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I didn't want to jump the gun because I figured you might have asked too because you remember you said like there could be some what's unusual stuff that happened. So, um. We recorded this in Belleville, New Jersey with Will Putney, and I didn't go outside for the entirety of the record. I literally stayed inside the whole time. Um, so I naturally started kind of losing my shit. And, uh, you know, but it was just something I did. Like, it's it's kind of, it sounds stupid, but it's just something we did. And like, so, oh my God, I don't even know how, to, how some stray fans know this because uh, Craig has a podcast and, they, and we talked about it because because this was before Craig was in the band. This Dan was in the uh, was playing drums on, on this record. And um, so anyway, Will Putney has these four boxes that he puts guitar cabs in and and they're like filled with like soundproofing stuff. So they just, you know, they're isolated and puts mics in them. But they're then once he mics them up, he closes the box like airtight, you know. <laughs> so we had a joke that at, when the record was done, um, we were going to do a challenge where it was me, Will, Drew, and Randy, who's Randy, wasn't involved with Straya or the record, but he was just another producer in the building and a good friend. And um, <laughs> we all bet $25 and we locked ourselves in these box, yeah. in these boxes where we were um, bound at the wrist and the ankles and in our underwear in these boxes. And we had this like torture music playing through these cabs, um, <laughs> literally. And like, so we're in there and it was just, let's see who could last the longest. And the thing was, and what happened was um, Dragon Neck, our bass player, whose name's Anthony, but his nickname's Dragon Neck. We call him Neck. So you'll hear me say that. Anyway, he what happened is we have these mic cables in the box and um, the mic cables went all the way out into the other room and Dragon Neck would be watching the cables. And once he saw a cable move, 
that was the signal that someone's giving up and he's going to let them out of their box. <laughs> so, so we, and then we set a timer and then whoever lasted the longest wins, but yeah. you don't know when someone leaves a box. So that's, what's crazy. So drew quit like immediately he quit 45 minutes. He was done. I came in third place and I was there in the box for two hours. Um, and then Randy, he was second place and got out of the box in two hours and 40 minutes. And then, so will won. But Will was in the box for another 40 minutes. Yeah. And he, he didn't know he won. So finally he <laughs> gives up and he was in the in there for three hours and 20 minutes and he won a hundred bucks. So like we just did bizarre stuff because you know, I don't do drugs, I don't drink, like I don't do any like stuff like that, but I do like to do weird stuff. And like And that's a full immersion into the recording process. You mentioned you didn't go outside. Yeah. That- you are guaranteed to get some degree of cabin fever doing that. Absolutely. It was, especially in the building we were in, it's like, it's a bizarre place. So, um, so yeah, we like, we would just do weird stuff and I mean, I don't even know how we got here, but we just did weird stuff and like, you know, would just torch, kind of torture yourselves. Like we would just see if we could like between all this was a different record, but we'll do like same, same building, same, same people. But um, we would try to drink like a hundred sparkling water, things and so we would just yeah, drink like yeah, it would yeah, just do yeah. stupid stuff so like that's just what we did did you upset anybody when this album came out oh yeah we put out badge and a bullet part two who's the most high up person that you know whether that's a politician or someone within the government mm-hmm. that you know heard this and voiced their distaste for it Oh, well, I think we're talking about the wrong record because uh, the record after this. Oh. We All right, let's specifically about this. Who for or this what one, type of people were upset by this? Oh, for this one, it was it was no one really high up. Um, we it was more so just like fans, honestly, because they were just like, you know, it's most people who have like a family member who's a cop, and 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 this is the time where we're just like fuck cops, like fuck them, and everyone's like, well, not all cops, not everybody, and we're just like. Nope. No, like, yeah, sorry. Like, fuck them, you know? And like, we didn't, and it's not a stance that we waved on and, and, and we continue to not. And, uh, and so like, you'll start to see people, but then there'll be people doubling down being like, thank you for this, you know, like, fuck. Yeah. Like, hell yeah. You know, this is like important stuff to kind of, you know, let people be aware of because, you know, some people don't, um, they don't, they, they're detached and they, you know, they yeah. don't see it, you know? So uh, if we could be like, some sort of, I guess, gateway to people realizing the way things are and they want to see change. Like, you know, it's strength in numbers kind of thing, you know? Conversely, was there anybody that may have been victimized by police brutality that reached out to you or that you spoke to that really connected with this album? Oh, uh, yeah, definitely. You know, and honestly, like, I mean, we've had cops yep. that were cops that quit, you know, because of it. And like, maybe not because of the song directly, but like, they hear the song, they feel a certain way, but then they start seeing things differently at their job. And they just like, uh, I don't know, like, like they start noticing stuff subconsciously. Like maybe it's not because of the song, but like, we've had people talk to us, be like, yeah, I was a cop and like, fuck that stuff. You know, if, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's dark. You know what I mean? It's that's like, powerful. You're changing people's lives and you don't know if you're changing them for the better. You, you feel, and, and that's, that's a great story, but imagine this guy quits the police force and, and it's a downward spiral from there. Is that, how does that sit with you and your band? Uh, yeah. I mean, and that's I would, tough. It, like it, it, it's it, to me, it's cool because it's yeah. like, yeah, no one should be a fucking cop, but, but it's like, 
I mean, I, it's weird. I never like to be like we're some fucking heroes or something like that because we're just talking, man. Like we're from New York. We just don't know how to shut up. Yeah. And like, you know, so we just fucking talk and and try, you know, like we did like Warp Tour in 2014 and like we handed out at our merch table. We were ha- handing out stuff like where people like if, if you bought something from us, like we gave you like a postcard that taught you like how to how to talk to cops like how to like you know what your rights are you know like we make sure people knew that you know like so like it's not like again it's not like we're some fucking like you know heroes or anything like that we're just you know just do what we think is right you know because we also want to write good music and stuff like that but you know we've been blessed with a platform and and people support us and we want to continue to highlight big things like that and if if something if you if we sing a song and have a powerful video and like it makes someone think a certain way where they leave their job as a cop and maybe you know if they didn't hear that song then maybe they do go and do some fucked up shit yeah. you know what i mean so maybe you know I, I never know but again i i don't like i hate like patting ourselves on the back you know for something where it's like man people are fucking dying out here like we just wrote a song you know what i mean so it's yeah. like but but you know if we're gonna write a song we want to write it about something like that so i don't know it's um I get what you're saying, but I'm also yeah. just being, man, we're not like, we're not like some fucking superhero. You know what I mean? Like we're just, we're just New Yorkers that are just don't yeah. know how to shut up. On the back of the release of subliminal criminals, you became the first ever international act to play at the Unify gathering. That was in 2016. Can you tell us about your memories of that show? Oh yeah. I have a, I have a video. It's still on my phone and we went in there and didn't expect a thing like nothing. And, um, I remember Will Putney was there because I think he was like recording a record there or something and he was at the festival so he was on the side stage and we played First World Problem Child and it it was like the loudest sing-along we've had ever <laughs> like ever in the history of our band and it was like thousands of people doing the every which white kid's got something to say shut the fuck the whole place did it and in the video because we don't play to like a click or a metronome when we play so like sometimes if a show's really good, you could hear us playing so fast, you know, just because our adrenaline's <laughs> up. And, and in this video, like we are playing the song so much faster than it is on record because <laughs> we're just so hyped. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like this video is like the first time we ever got something like that. And I remember Will was there. And after the song, I went up to him. I was like, dude, holy shit. He's like, that was fucking crazy. Where I was like, yeah, it's like, what happened? Um, so, yeah, it, it was it was really, really awesome. Um yeah, I, I mean, I could literally close my eyes and picture being there. So it was great. We had like a beautiful like sunset, like stage time. Like it was great. Do you have a favorite moment on the album? Yeah, I mean, I'm always partial to First World Problem Child. I mean, it's like our biggest song still, you know, like people just love it. And I still love it. I, I'm not like it's not like one of those things where like, you know, Radiohead creep gets huge and they hate it. And so they don't even play. It. It's like that song got big for us and we like still love it. So it's fun and like. You know, Sam Carter's on it. He's a close friend of ours. And um, how did you know, he get to be on that? I'm sorry that I've completely missed that too. Oh, it's fine. I mean, he, um, I mean, man, we met Architects in 2007 in America, their first US tour. And we played, they played Johnson City, Tennessee, and we played the show too. And we met them, and it was like the first time meeting an English person. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, honestly, in our current drummer, yeah. uh, Craig Reynolds, like we, we found him through Architects where we, we, they brought us to the UK for the first time and um, he was Dan Searle's drum tech and, uh, and we just, 
he had the same humor, like same person, just British, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And like, so when, when Dan left after he left on like the released, the release tour of, of subliminal criminals. So like, and our, and my whole thing was that like, if I've ever seen a drum, a band have a really good drummer, cause Dan was a really good drummer. Um, have a good drummer and then downgrade their drummer they're dead so i was i even told drew flat out i was like bro if we don't find someone as good or better than dan i'm just done like i'm not gonna go out there if we're gonna suck and then we saw i I went on facebook and i was just scrolling and i saw craig make some like snarky post like he always does and i took a screenshot of it and i said texted drew and i said i know our next drummer and he's like, what is it? I just sent him a screenshot. And he was like, fuck yes. yes so I hit him yeah, up. And then yeah. anyway, he joined. So Architects, have, we've been like best friends for like, man, 14 years, 2007. And um, so we just super close. And we just said, Sam, you, you got to do this part. He's like, done. And then he does that with us live and stuff whenever he can. And uh, and I think we did it at the the Unify gathering mm-hmm. the last one we played in 2020, which was the last show we played, actually. So, um, you know, so he's just a really good friend of ours and, and he's the man and, and he did that part. But like that, I remember that ending. Um, like it's uh, the every way it's right. It's got something as a shut the fuck up. Bam. Yeah. yeah. I remember. So that I just vividly remember the guitar part was completely different. And will sees like, yo, you got to just come in with that. Bam. Bum, 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 bam. But he's yeah. like, you got to come in with that or else you're going to ruin this part. And I was like, all right. And we changed it and he was just so right. So, I mean, that song, I love it. I still love playing it. It's so much fun live. And like, that's like, that, that was a, another song that like shot us up there. Cause like, it wasn't a single, it wasn't a video. It was just a song. I remember we played, it was in Pittsburgh and I can remember we played the altar bar and we were doing our, it was on our headline tour and it was just a song in the middle of the set and we just play it and the place fucking screened it. And we were like, whoa like that song was it and then we've played it last ever since then for yep. seven years you know so uh so yeah i love that song and like that really helped kind of propel our band and kind of you know make people notice let's talk about the legacy of subliminal criminals i'm going to make this difficult for you and quote you about i'm going to quote you from the release and let's see yeah. if this all still is consistent you said the album touches on things like nature our food and water supply slavery by debt glorification of war, business of the medical industry, government spying on their own citizens, sexual predators in the music scene, current state of law enforcement, and the ending of one of my best friend's six-year relationship. Yeah. Now that years have passed, is that still true? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's worse. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's that, like, you know, times 10, horrible. Like, you know, so, and it's like, it's, it's crazy because, like, you know, we we're working on a new record now and it's just like we talk about stuff. It's like it's crazy. We're we're still kind of yeah. talking about the same shit, but we just have more content now because yeah. it's like they just keep it's just keep getting worse. <sighs> and, um, you know, and I think um, like even our, our new record that we're working on now, it's very bleak where we're just like, you know, blow it up, start over. Like, cause, <laughs> like, where, like, where do you go? You know, um, and um but yeah, I mean, it, all of that is still unfortunately relevant, you know, it gosh, still gosh. is. And, and it's still, we're still talking about it. And that's why it's like, you know, maybe it like this, the subliminal is still a, a record that people love from us because it's still re- relevant seven years later, you know, as, as, as much as you wish it wasn't as much oh, as you yeah, can say, sure. 
Oh, I'd love to write a record talking about driving in a car with the top down and playing yeah. catch. And you know what I mean? Like I'd love Become to do that. Irrelevant in 10 minutes. Talk yeah. to us, talk to us about the legacy and any of the other messages in this album before we hit play on it, start to finish one more time. Man. I mean, yeah, it's, you know, like, I guess a quote from seven years ago, it's the same thing. You know, the new gods is like, you know, kind of like, uh, what is it? Uh, lose it. Uh, Monsanto's like uh, genetically modifying food and outbreak. It's like, you know, about all like opiate addictions and, and like how, like you go to a doctor and they're just looking to sell you shit and, you know, badge and a bullet part two, it's same shit worse you know and um and yeah i mean look it's 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 something where it's like it could be like we've released this in 2021 and it would be completely relevant still and um which makes it such a phenomenal piece of work my guest today on unfd the official podcast is tom williams guitarist from stray from the path we've been chatting about dissecting and unpacking their album subliminal criminals tom thank you for being on unfd the official podcast Thank you for having me. Thanks for joining me here on UNFD, the official podcast. And to everyone out there listening, thank you for tuning in. As usual, this episode was written by Matt Doria and produced by Abby Lou Key. I'm going to hop away from the mic, but stay tuned for our next episode in a few weeks' time alongside the next installment in UNFD's 10th anniversary vinyl series. If you reckon you can guess what's coming up next, feel free to hit us up on the socials. We certainly welcome all of your wild conspiracy theories. But now, of course, you can grab a copy of this incredible new pressing of Subliminal Criminals from 2400 or unfdstore.com, as well as some jaw-droppingly juicy stray from the Path merchandise. Take care, stay safe, and mosh on.